I ended up biking almost 2,000 kilometers across Canada. Wow. Over a period of two months and uh, really, you know, posted almost daily and was continually coaching myself to my readers. And <laughs> I was calibrating and making changes. And I mean, when I sat out on this, there, I had no idea how it would turn out. Hi, welcome back to Scotland Talks, bringing you less stress and more success with the power of joy, emotional wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness. What are the ways you're bringing joy into your life? I'm Ann Scotland. Thank you so much for being here. Please do like and subscribe to this podcast while you can and help me keep this content coming to you. So um, today we have some interesting uh, topics for you around cancer, around recovery, around taking life by the horns and making it something amazing, especially bringing joy and wellness to others in that process. So please stick around for my special guest. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Anne. How are you today? I am so good. It's a beautiful day. And, you know, it's easy to be happy when it's a beautiful day to have joy. <laughs> but um, I know some of the things we're going to talk about today is when life throws you curveballs. Um, how can you kind of get back to your joy, the genius of your joy? So everybody, Lynn is an amazing coach, a consultant, life coach. Uh, she also teaches wellness and she's an author. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of her overcoming in her life and also about her new book. So Lynn, where did you grow up? Thank you. Uh, well, I grew up actually in Brandon, Manitoba, and oh. I've spent my life in Canada, although I've had the opportunity to have some wonderful travel adventures worldwide. So, um, yeah, and I was thinking about what you said about finding joy in the midst of, you know, I guess, conditions and circumstances. And interestingly, it is actually Canadian Thanksgiving. So I know in the States, you celebrated a little bit later, and it's a very big holiday and gratitude is an incredibly expansive state. And I think that there's really two kinds of gratitude. And as you said, it's, you know, it's easy to be grateful when the sun's shining and life is going along and you're hitting all the green lights, so to say, <clears throat> speak, right? And then I think there's a gratitude that happens in spite of conditions when we can still lean in and look for whatever is there, you know, maybe it's a, something that we have to learn something, you know, that one of the things I coach is that the content of our lives is the curriculum for our soul's evolvement. Mm. So sometimes there's a curriculum that lands with us that is challenging. It's a challenging course. It's right. So um, I guess I can take that uh, sort of segue into yeah, I was going to just ask you, like, um, so what were one of the, so what was one of the most challenging things that you've come up against in your life? Well, there have been a few because I am a spiritual being having a human experience, but I think a, a, a real pivotal point for me was um, a number of years ago, I'm happy to say, actually in 1997, right before Christmas, I had three very young boys mm. and I was diagnosed with cancer and it mm. was, um, it was a diagnosis that really blindsided me. I thought I was healthy. You know, I ate well, I took care of myself and uh, thought surely there had to be a mistake. So what were you doing um, at that point? Were you a mom? What were you doing? Uh, you know, also working? No, I was, I was working actually, my husband at the time and I had a consulting business. Oh, nice. Empowerment programs. 
And we were, of course, you know, taking a break for the holidays. And I mm -hmm. remember that day, it was early December, the boys were kind of chattering in the background, I was getting supper ready, you know, the sun is setting early in Canada, because it's winter in the fall. <laughs> and so when I picked it up, and it was my doctor, I thought this is not a good sign. You don't usually get a, a, a phone call from your doctor, unless there's something, you know, worth reporting. So so I took in the news and I think for a while, if anybody's been there, it's very surreal. You're almost, for me, it was like an out of body experience watching myself <clears throat> try to digest it. And uh, I started, I had surgery in January and, uh, and in the next few months, everything fell apart. My life basically crumbled and within six months, my marriage had ended, <clears throat> excuse me, my husband and I had a partnership that fell apart. And so now, you know, I guess the way I saw myself was here I am a single parent, I'm unemployed, and now I'm a cancer survivor. And I didn't really know if the cancer would return. So, you know, at that point, I would have to say that there wasn't a lot of joy, there was a lot of fear. But for me, a life defining moment was I was preparing to move into my new home with my children, and I had gone over one night to paint. And I was... Um, don't do this at home, boys and girls. I was <laughs> up in the kitchen counter or in the bathroom counter painting, and I stepped off of it to <laughs> move over, and I fell, and I fell very hard into the bathtub. <clears throat> and as I lay there, I thought, first of all, you know, this could have been fatal, and nobody would even have found me. I was in the home alone. But more than that, it was like here I've been so worried about cancer being the end of me when this fall could have taken me out. Wow, isn't that fascinating how it's sort of like the splinter or the broken arm or, you know, like it kind of takes, you're like, well, these are both traumatic, but yeah. I can imagine in those moments you're thinking, I'm still celebrating life. I'm still alive. I'm still laying in the tub and I'm still alive. I have cancer and I'm still alive. It is it's the strangest thing sometimes that give us the most perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, I had this metaphor when I sort of climbed out of the tub and and really dragged myself into the bedroom floor because I really hurt my arm. I just, there was like this sense that, you know what, I'm going to rise up again and I am not going to just be a cancer survivor. I am going to thrive. I'm going to do whatever it takes for me to, you know, really find that joy in my life again. And so I guess to anyone who's listening, it doesn't happen in the moment often that we're really navigating this stuff. But I think there's a moment when we're ready to really look at what, you know, the circumstance of the challenge brings in terms of a gift for us. And for me, it was just a real wake up call. So that's amazing. So, um, so at that, after that transition, and as we see, gratefully, you did recover. And um, so what were some of the things that you um, might have paid more attention to in your life after that, as far as taking time to have joy, to enjoy yourself, to not just work, to kind of celebrate life, to have fun. Was there any sort of shift at all in how you, where you placed your priorities? Well, I think one thing that I know as I coach is that first of all, when we change our awareness, you know, when we really change what we want, our reticular activating system in our brain will start to bring opportunities to us. And so one of the things, and I think back the number of years, and this is when I was really introduced to the principles of transformation that I coach, is I was invited to a vision workshop. And this was like 24 years ago. So I went to that 
And I was invited to really lean into what I would love moving forward. Like if you could dream, you know, if anything was possible. And for me, that was the first time that I started to think, what if I did live and what would I want for my life? And so I created this beautiful vision when I left that day. You know, I just thought, I want to see my kids graduate. I had this scaffolding image in my mind of my son mm-hmm. walking across my youngest son, the, you know, the, the stage. And I was traveling and I was having these amazing bucket experiences and I was doing work I loved. And so, um, and I was running marathons. I thought, okay, wow. I'm going to be that healthy. I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do. And so I just put this all in paper. And when I left, there was a gap. I mean, here I was, I was still this unemployed, single parent, cancer survivor. And here was my lofty vision. So, uh, you know, I just kind of leaned into it and didn't, I don't even know how to sort of kept those pictures in my mind. And things arose that I couldn't have dreamt of. And I mean, 18 months later, I crossed the Disney World finish line, I did a half marathon my kids were at the finish line and, uh, you know, went on to do another marathon in Switzerland. I've had travel, travel experiences and volunteered around the world. And today, you know, I'm coaching and I'm living, I think, what I coach more than anything. Mm-hmm. So it just, That's it, amazing. just this power. And I think this is the other thing I realized we place so much, I'm going to say, faith in our conditions And, you know, often what outside forces tell us is possible when there is a power breathing each and every one of us Mm -hmm. is just resourcing us beyond anything we can imagine. It's so beautiful. And I love finding joy in your physical wellness and embracing that, running marathons, traveling. I love to travel. Uh, That's definitely one of my big joys, travel, good food, dogs, (laughs) you know, those things that... um, you can live without uh, whatever those things are for the individual, right? Mm-hmm. But why not surround yourself with that kind of joy? You know, I think of people that have really, really stressful careers where they they can't really have a pet and they're working extremely long hours and it's hard to take a vacation. And, you know, and, and you know, you realize they've made that choice either because they love that job or because they absolutely need to have that job. But what are even little things they could do? What are some things you would tell your clients, like little things they could do to kind of bring joy into their day in a simple way? Well, I think one of the ways I start my day is first of all, I have a vision of maybe what's on my agenda and uh, you know what I would love for that experience. You know, when I'm sitting in the morning having my coffee and just journaling, it's like, okay, I have this meeting later today. And, you know, I would love to be able to, you know, say something or share something that might impact somebody else or make a difference mm-hmm. in their life. Or this afternoon I'm going kayaking. So I have this vision that I'm going to have a beautiful afternoon and uh, nice. the sun is going to shine and it's going to be just a really lovely day, safely get there and back. So starting to really set myself up for the day. And then, you know, as I lean into what I love for my life, even just, you know, sort of organically, who am I showing up to as, you know, today, like, who am I going to embody? What are the qualities of this woman who is really living a life that she loves? So I think that that has been, um, really what I share with people. And you know, it's daily action steps. It's really taking those steps and uh, leaning into sometimes the things that take us out of our comfort zone and, uh, and don't feel great. But Mm -hmm. that's 
looking at some quotes today about by Eleanor Roosevelt. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, everything we want is on the other side of fear. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're more afraid of living than we are dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Putting ourselves out there in a big way. And sometimes, you know, for me, and um, I've written a book just this last year, which really felt, um, I was going to say like a download and it's called, what if you could, I have a little copy of it here. It's about a little caterpillar who dreams for more. And so a couple of things, there's some really deep metaphors and this is a book for adults as much as it is for kids, but this ad, this caterpillar can think and he wants more for his life. And our desire for more is the most natural thing in the world. Nothing in nature remains static. And often when we have this idea of what more is for us, you know, there's excitement initially. And then there's a voice that comes in and says, well, who do you think you are? That's not going to happen for you. You don't have the education. You're too old. You've never done that before. You don't have the business sense. You know, you, you tried at love before and you failed. So there's these two inner voices, but the book is called what if you could, because there's this voice inside of us that's inviting us to live into possibility. Mm-hmm. And it's inviting us to, you know, this, ask this question, what if you could, and put more faith in how that would be than, you know, all the um, sort of the, ex- the inner critic stuff that comes up. For mm-hmm. us. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And um, I just had this, this is my brain, how my brain works. I was like, oh, there should be a sequel called What If You Couldn't? like embracing all the things what if you couldn't speak what if you couldn't enjoy the sunshine what if you couldn't walk what if you couldn't eat with your mouth i mean you know i was you know working with a handicapped person recently you know and they have been tube fed for 20 years i mean those things and then maybe that's more the adult version but what if you couldn't because we forget how much we have to be grateful for because we so easily take it for granted and focus on the things that are happening that we wish weren't happening that were negative um and not what if we could or what if we couldn't so i think that's kind of fun mm-hmm. what's your caterpillar's name he doesn't have a name oh i like that endearing little caterpillar and and again the and the metaphor is that this caterpillar in nature can't think and we know that it's going to become a butterfly And when you even think about the audaciousness of this little caterpillar, who's this little furry kind of (laughs) dull critter on a, on a branch becoming this flying, beautiful insect, that's a pretty big stretch. Yeah. What I love about that is, you know, sometimes we dream a big and we dream something that feels really big. And then we, you know, that kind of shuts us down to collapse back. But when you Mm -hmm. look at something you know, the metamorphosis of going from this little caterpillar in a branch to this beautiful butterfly, that's pretty big. And yet it happens in nature. And that's the true nature of us. It's in us all. And so actually, I wrote this book last fall. And I knew um, in part of this, I think I was coming out of a lot of grief myself, I had lost my brother to suicide. Uh, he had struggled his whole life. My mom had died around the same time. And I was, when I was writing this book, I was thinking about when we live with mental health, we're more able to discern that voice that is kind and loving within us. And uh, I was wanting to donate a portion of what I, this book, um, when I sold it to mental health in Canada. Hmm. And I lived into a bit of my could that just came out of nowhere. And this summer, 
I ended up biking almost 2000 kilometers across Canada Wow. Over a period of two months and uh, really, you know, posted almost daily and was continually coaching myself to my readers and <laughs> I was calibrating and making changes. And I mean, when I set out on this there, I had no idea how it would turn out. So, so, you know, it was, it was really big for me, but um, I did it. I was so incredibly supported and I think this is the other thing I'd really like to share with readers or listeners is that, you know, when we really take those leaps of faith, it's like when we let go of that one trapeze, I think about a trapeze artist, and there's that moment when we're in the air and we haven't quite grasped the other one, that's when the magic starts to happen. That's when we're really allowing this, you know, infinite divine loving intelligence to show us that we live in a world that's abundant and that we are just loved beyond measure. Mm, I love that. You cannot, <laughs> that sounds perfect. Just to embrace the love, embrace the joy and know that we're okay. Um, taking, practicing good habits, joy and everything else to keep our mental health well. And check out this book because I love, I love kids books. People know this about me. What if you could, this adorable little caterpillar. And, um, and Lynn, where's the best place for people to find your book? Well, if they, it's actually available almost anywhere. And okay, great. You visit my website, which is okay. just Lynn with an E, Harley, H-A-R-L-E-Y.com. There's links there that will take you to different avenues to purchase it. And you can also yeah. talk about me, so beautiful beautiful well thank you for sharing so much of your life and your challenges and your wins with us i think it's always so helpful to just kind of see someone who's gone through these challenges and then come out the other side and not only functional but also happy and not only just functional and happy but committing their life to bringing that to others that's a beautiful thing and uh, super appreciate that about you lynn so thank you so much for being with us today it's my pleasure and thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And to all of you who are watching, watching or listening today, again, please do like and subscribe and uh, we will see you again next week. Thank you for joining me here on Scotland Talks. Thank you.